May I welcome you to Christmas morning? <laughs> it's in the singing of a street corner choir. Hi ho, this is Michael the host. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the old Frog and Piggy show. Today, I have Bub from the Disney Guys Uncensored here to talk with me about a holiday classic. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the classic Muppet Christmas Carol. I keep wanting to almost say Family Christmas. I don't know why, but it's a great one as well. But that's not what we're here to talk about. That's next year. Um, Bub, how you doing? Good man, thanks for having me, Michael. I'm very excited to be here. It's uh, it, it's it's Christmas time, so Merry Christmas to your listeners and to you. It's uh, thanks for having me. Muppet Christmas Carol is a staple uh, for me and my kids and my family. So when I grew up with it, it came out what '92, so I was yeah, something eight, like that, eight, I guess, when it came out. So it was, it's always kind of been in my life since I can yeah. remember. So big fan. So I'm excited to talk about it tonight. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so we're going to just dive right into to whatever we need to do, and we're going to start off, as always, with the Mup News Flash. There's magic in the air this evening, magic in the air. The world is at her best. And the only Muppet-adjacent news that we have today is uh, that Sesame Street has just unveiled, uh, as of yesterday, I'm reading this from the New York Times, uh, a a pair of Rohingya refugee Muppets that are going to be on, uh, they're going to be broadcasting, I don't know if it's just in refugee camps or they're just bringing awareness to refugee camps, but uh, they are six-year-old twins, Noor and Aziz. They are a pair of Rohingyan Muslims who, is, uh, according to the New York Times, escaped ethnic cleansing in their native Myanmar for refugee or refuge in the neighboring Bangladesh. They are also Muppets. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. I, I think that, you know, you're getting all your diversity in there. Yeah, you're kids from all walks of life can can either observe the awareness of of refugees and all over the world and the, the struggle that they go through and you have the uh, the odd refugees that have come to america or are in bangladesh or whatever who are watching uh sesame street they can relate to these kids and that also gets you know butts and seats to watch the show and dollars spent on buying merch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, what what do you think about this this yeah, news? You know, I think it's I think it's great, Michael. I think that that's one of the most marginalized areas of the world, and the children over there, especially in that area, they they do go through quite a bit. And I don't know that we could ever really truly empathize with their plight. I think realistically, I think that uh, when it comes down to it. I've lived a fairly uh, charmed life uh, compared to a lot of the emerging uh, nations and third world nations in the world. So I think it's great. Anytime you can kind of spread a message. And I I think the Muppets in particular, Sesame Street and, and the Muppets proper that we'll talk about, I think they all do a great job of connecting uh, on a different level than I think you would if it was me and you having the conversation 
with the kids. I think it, it's good to see the representation and, and I'm excited for it. I'll be interested to see how they, they work it in. And, and it seems the design's pretty cute. If you, I don't know if you've seen them. I, when we had talked about it offline, I, I did look it up real quick and they're cute little designs. They're just two little, almost like Muppet whatnots almost, but not, you know, almost something you design there. So pretty cool. I, I'm excited to see uh, what they do with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. They're pretty cute uh, for, you know, they're six year old kids. Six-year-old kids tend to be pretty cute. Yep. Uh, it helps that they're made out of felt. That always a bonus. Always a bonus. <laughs> I, I almost wish my kid was made out of felt. <laughs> Every day. Every day. <laughs> Every yeah. day. Every day. Um, and with that, we're gonna go. We're gonna head straight into Muppets in review. It chills you, chills you to the bone. But there's nothing in nature that freezes your heart like years of being alone. It paints you with indifference like a lady paints with rouge. And the worst of the worst, the most hated and cursed, is the one that we call Scrooge. Unkind as any, and the wrath of many, this is Ebenezer Scrooge. And again, we are talking about the classic film. Uh, Somewhere in the early 90s, this movie came out. Uh, a Brian Henson film, which I didn't realize. I, I, I almost forgot, but I guess I did forget that this was after Jim Henson uh, and Brian Henson was was he- heading the whole company and this was his genius, his baby. Um, and, and Bub, on, on your show, we talked a lot about it because this uh, the, the Ghost of Christmas Present was on your top 10 or top 20 list for our top 10 Muppets. More on that later. Um, but you know, this movie has a, a big, huge place in your heart and in your, oh, in your, does, in your family. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think what you said, I mean, I, I think Christmas Carol itself is such a, a universal story to tell this time of year. And we've kind of just touched on it with the two new Muppets that they're coming out with. I think any way you can get a classic piece of literature like Christmas Carol, which in and of itself is is a great story, but to get it presented by the Muppets in a way. And I, I again, I have to jump ahead into my list. There are a couple of nitpicky things. I think you probably have some as well that I might've changed, but I think for the most part, it's just such a great job from the casting of the human characters and, and where the Muppets fall into their respective characters as well. That it just, it, it really, for me is the best version of Christmas Carol out there. Yeah. It's definitely my favorite. Uh, I think Michael Caine's Scrooge is the best version of Scrooge. Um, I, I was just saying, really, I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was just listening to your Christmas episode um, and you were talking about how the Jim Carrey's is the Jim Carrey version of Christmas Carol is, um, is probably the most accurate, but oh, I think, it, yeah, I think Michael Caine is one of the best. And I, I, I'll admit, I haven't seen a lot of different versions of it. Of mm-hmm. Christmas Carol, but um, it's definitely my favorite top, you know, three oh, or four certainly. of what I've seen. I mean, the thing with the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol is that it is it is intense at times. Where I think the Muppet one is slightly more accessible for a younger audience. Where I think the Jim Carrey one is potentially more of it. Not that it's PG thirteen but there are certain aspects that it takes from the books and, and does a pretty intense job with it. So, but Michael Caine for me, yeah. I mean, people argue that George, George C. Scott 
is is a great uh, Scrooge. They they argue that Patrick Stewart's done Scrooge. Mr. Magoo has done a version of Scrooge, but Michael Caine is tops on the list. There's no question about that. Hundred percent. So what we did, what I had you guys, what you guys, there's only two of us. What I had you do uh, is go through the movie, which I know is a very, uh, you know, you don't want to do that. No, it's an arduous exercise. I got to be honest with you. Very tedious. Um, (laughs) But I had you go through it and make notes. And we talked, we wanted, just like uh, myself and another friend did on uh, the John Cleese Muppet Show episode, Mm -hmm. we listed mostly likes and a few dislikes, something we would change or something that just hit us the wrong way. So let's start off with you. What's your first like? My first like, ironically, is Michael Caine on the list. Ah, I mean, I think, I think the conversation starts with Michael Caine. When it, you talk, you could, the problem you have, if you don't have a, a, an actor as, as talented as Michael Caine doing this, it comes across as goofy, at times, Michael Caine is a great straight man to these Muppets, and he's just such a presence when it comes to dealing with the I, I, the, the, the guy that's there that's paying his mortgage late in the first scene yes. when you first meet him, and he throws him out the window. He throws the wreath at Bean Bunny. But his, his arc, which I think goes to the source material, obviously, but the arc that Michael Caine delivers in this film is, is incredible. <clears throat> The, the range that he has to go from angry Scrooge to saved and, and, and redeemed Scrooge is, is, a, is, is a great journey. It's really mm-hmm. a great journey. So I, Michael Caine, obviously, is where you almost have to start every list. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, these really successful Muppet movies, um, always the, the, the big secret to them is having a human that is just 100% the straight man. No matter what is going on, with the Muppets and their absurdities, you've just got, you've, you've got Michael Caine or you've got a, um, a Tim Curry who is just mm-hmm. staring at them with the straightest face and like, yep. yeah, this is normal. Yep. And Michael Caine does that in spades. Yep. He's perfect. Um, that, and again, later movies don't quite do as well with that. You've got your, your Wizard of Oz and your, um, which you know, led more into the insanity and the absurdity than the yes. leading person being the straight yep. man. Yep. Um, but that's a whole other episode that we don't have oh, to deal yeah. with right now. Thank you. Certainly is a whole other episode. The Wizard oh, of yeah. Oz one. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so my first, uh, my first like, I went a bit more broad than I necessarily told you. I, I was a bit vague <laughs> on what to, on what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. My first favorite thing that I saw and you'll appreciate this was Lou Zealand selling boomerang fish in that first scene. Was that one of your great minds? That... Great minds think alike because <laughs> ah, perfect. That's a mon- it's a money cameo though. Yeah, it's a money cameo. They they paid a lot it's, of money to get Lou Zealand. It's think about Lou Zealand as a character. I know we talked about him when you came mm-hmm. on our, our show and talked about the top ten or whatever it turned into Muppets. It, he's such a great character, and that is so in character for him to be there. It, I, what more can you say about New Zealand? He's the boomerang fish. Throw the boomerang fish. Away fish. Back that, to me. That's all you can say. There's zero need for that to be there. Yeah. There's zero need for it to be there, and yet it's brilliant. And, and I love it. it Agree. Love where you went with that. Yep. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so, what was your next favorite? So, now that I've gotten rid of New Zealand, same time frame here. I got to go. Gonzo and Rizzo. 
huh? collectively, collectively Gonzo and Rizzo, because I, I think that Gonzo acting as Charles Dickens and Rizzo again as the ah, he's a straight man in this instance, but Rizzo kind of bringing a humanity to it, which is ironic, with you know jumping off of the gate. Then fitting through the bars, just the shenanigans the two of them get into is just really—you can't have it. Take away one of them. If you take away Gonzo, it probably doesn't work. Yeah. If you take away Rizzo, Gonzo doesn't work in this because it's just him telling a story instead of it. It's almost him telling it to to Rizzo. Yeah. Which I think works. Yeah, and and Rizzo being having that level of skepticism in yeah. Gonzo's just uncanny knowledge of the book. And like knowing where everybody is and what they're doing, that helps kind of with the magic of the movie. Yep. You've got that uh, Rizzo is the the audience character, kind of going. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it all through his eyes and how fantastical this story is. Yep. And um, it's 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 a great pairing, and not only because they're pretty good friends through throughout Muppets history, mm-hmm. they're they're pretty good friends because they're both oddballs and. Um, kind of outcasts within the Muppets um, but it's it, again that dichotomy of like the guy who knows everything and the guy who knows nothing it's just yep. a great combination it's your, your Abbott and Costello it's your, it's your Laurel and Hardy it's, it's, it's just a great combo yeah no, it, it's, it, it's again I, I use the term money a lot and this is another one of those just a, a stroke of brilliance mm-hmm. uh, on the creator's part of the movie to say these are going to be the guys that tell the story and Agreed. this guy's going to be here for the food, you know? Yeah, for the food. You know that's wax, right? Oh, I thought, I thought that was something odd about the texture. <laughs> the, the best part, where you, just, you, you already mentioned it, the, the bars going into Scrooge's house, where he's yep. like going over, and then he's like, I forgot my jelly beans. Goes under, yep. and then God's just like, you're an idiot. For those bars. <laughs> the fact, no, it's, even it's, the fact that he called him an idiot. Like, yep. t- they couldn't do that now, I don't think. No, people would be offended. Somebody would write a letter. Someone would write a letter saying, how dare you call Rizzo the rat an idiot? Right. I'll have you know that rats are not idiots. I will have you know that. Even ones from Jersey. That's that's correct. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know anybody from Jersey, so I have no frame of reference. You Um, should count yourself lucky that you don't know anybody from Jersey. That's fair. Hopefully you don't have a listening audience in Jersey. But no offense. No idea. You're great people. people, (laughs) Apparently I've got some people in Singapore that listen to this show. Well, We'll try to keep our Singapore jokes to a minimum. To a minimum. All right. Uh, so my next favorite was just on a technical level. I mm-hmm. always love when Muppets are shown full body. Mm-hmm. It's always a great, like, I don't know how it's done necessarily, whether it's through, like, it's not animatronics or anything like that, or maybe it's just right. a good Photoshop. Um, but I always, like, the Rizzo in the skating party, uh, you had the Marley brothers yep. uh, in that scene. And I think there was another one, um, but there was some really great full body Muppet yep. stunts. Oh, you effects. get the full body of Fozzie when he's outside looking at the lamplighters. There's when he's standing outside the door. You actually You're right. Cause they were going, looking down on him, right? Yep. You got a quick cut of him fully out there, which is, it's fun. I, I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I think, with the Muppets, and you see it even on Sesame Street as well. You just you see a full character, and it's like you know it's not like a walk around character that they're in. 
and yeah. it's yeah is it is it complete trickery is it tomfoolery i i'm sure there's some shenanigans that we don't know about going on but certainly it adds to the magic of the show yeah the and, and it case. fleshes out that like the realism of the characters like mm-hmm. you could say oh yeah that's all the the floor is raised two feet so to accommodate them on a normal muppet yep. show yep. but if you go talking about a different muppet movie i think it's is it Great Muppet Caper, where they're all on the bikes? Or is that Muppet movie? Uh, well, Kermit's on the bike in the Muppet movie. Maybe that's what I'm one. thinking in of. In the original, when he runs into the um, wet cement and the stuff. But There's another. There's a scene where everybody, like, there's a whole bunch of people on bikes. It could be, it could be Muppet Caper. It it, could be Muppet it's, Caper. it's one of the two. Yeah. But like that... And, and you could go, I, I'm sure there's featurettes where you go back and you say, oh, mm-hmm. these are all on rails or something. Uh, right. And it's, it just, but it's just seeing that in film, seeing a, the full body of a character, you know, mm-hmm. scale, it adds to the realism. Like that mm-hmm. frog is real. That bear is real. Uh, it's not just a character. It's a real person that I could meet. Mm-hmm. Well, they are. They are. Of course real. they are I real. I believe that. I Obviously. Believe that. I mean, I, I, if I could go to Disney World, I could see them. Well, you know, I mean, you can. You can. I can't. I'm Canadian. Technically, that is true. That I is could be true. very illegal. Yes, you could. Listen, if any authorities are listening, he's not really going. I'm yet. not going to go. I would love to. I watch, I watch too many uh, Disney World vlog channels to, like, not want to go. That's anyway. Bad place to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. We'll we'll be here for another full hour talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next favorite. What is what? What did you got? So, this one is a little bit more on a broad sense. I have some more characters too, and some mm-hmm. instances. But the music of Muppet Christmas Carol, the soundtrack is one hundred percent always on loop at Christmas time for me. Um, some standouts, and I will <sighs> tell you, one of my don't likes pertains to music as well and okay. i think we've had the conversation previously when i i had some anger about it. so i'll save that full context of it but okay. the songs themselves i mean thankful heart and 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 marley and marley and just scrooge the the opening number yeah is great i mean what again when love is gone which i i think you'll understand now with the context i have some issues with that whole scene but the song itself is very well done i i think the music here is some of the best they've done in any muppet movie yeah i agree with that like the one before watching this again it's been a while since i've watched it and the one that one song that stuck with me was marley and marley because um and that stuck with my wife too um and yeah it was just great hearing all these songs again you're right it's it's a a bunch of classic songs Mm -hmm. and they they really hit the mark yep yeah they do a great job with it they do um what's next for me oh sam sam the eagle as the headmaster yeah that's a good one that's it's a great one. And it was close. It was close on my list. <laughs> you, you're, hit, you're going into the real world business. It's the American way. <laughs> right. It's the British way. Wait, right. what? And it's funny with Sam because it's so in character for him. Oh, and I yeah. think you have the ability to play with these characters in this setting. 
where Sam is still Sam. And yep. Gonzo even calls him Sam. It's like, oh, Sam. Like you said. It's like, 100%. Like, they are, they are actors. Yep. And Sam flubbed a line, but somehow they kept it. Yep. And it's, it's just as well done. It, again, it's, it just, it's the little things they don't need to include in the movie that are in the movie that make it what it is. It's the same when one of the times that the, the pair of Gonzo and Rizzo are thrown off a, a window and Rizzo, he sees, he sees Gonzo un- unconscious and he goes, Gonzo, are you okay? I mean, Charles Dickens, are you okay? <laughs> it's the same thing. Like yes. you flubbed a line, but somehow that got kept in the movie. Yep, and it works, and it's, which goes back, I think, to you saying when you can see their whole bodies. I think it's just you. It brings a certain humanity to the to the Muppets themselves, mm-hmm. having those types of things in the film. Agreed. Yeah. Um, next for you. I I feel like there's an elephant in the room since you already mentioned it, and I feel like I have to talk about him at some point. That's because fine. He's so near and dear to my heart. Yeah. It's the Ghost uh, of Christmas present. Again, like mine, this is my next favorite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, having been such a fan of the story itself, he just embodies the spirit of Christmas in every way. And he's yeah. such a, a great character. It's one of those that he's not really... He's a Muppet, obviously. Yeah, but... He's not in anything else. It's not like he has a recurring role in anything no. else. And for a one-off character, he, he's the best one-off character they have in this movie. For sure. And he's one of the best one-off characters they've ever done, if not the best. I, I, I love it. I, I love him. I love his whole presence, his design, and I, his design is exquisite. His robes, his whole room, it, he is great. And he he's just you love him from the moment he's on the film on screen you love that character his whole personality like the whole absent-minded thing it's Mm -hmm. great i forgot about his absent-mindedness and like did i tell you that already well (laughs) get in here and know me better man (laughs) i don't care if i said it three times already right and it's just it it's great it's just a great character and I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention him. 100%. Well, if, if you so. didn't, I, ha- I would have. Because, again, right. he's, right, he's next on my list. I also sense. have a few, like, honorable mentions because I had too many favorites to, to keep to that five. Happens. It happens. happens. Um, but my next, uh, my next actual in my favorites list li- uh, favorite was a little Easter egg at the end. Uh, as scrooge is going back and forth through town to to, mm-hmm. to spend his money properly and get mm-hmm. a big feast for the cratchits you see a little store mm-hmm. it's statler and waldorf's you do yep you do love it love it it's great so nice little easter egg before easter eggs were really a thing right again completely throwaway like it doesn't need to be there but it is but it is a nice it's a nice tip of the hat to people paying attention and people that know Muppets and yep. that appreciate it. It was to you the know? point. It was to the point that I, uh, I was after I saw them like oh, and then I looked like looked a little more intently at signs. Mm-hmm. Like is that somebody? Yep. No, that, I don't think that's anybody. Yeah, makes you think though. Makes it you does. Go back and watch it again and it, say, yeah, oh, did I miss something here? Right. No, I hear you. Fozzy it's... winks. Fozzy winks. 
rubber chicken factory. That was great. Yep. yep. Again, a, a low key, like if you know Fozzie and you know his character outside of this, mm-hmm. it's, it's within his, I, I guess, world to yeah. be a rubber chicken factory producer. Like, yeah. That's what he does. Yep. You know? I also liked that his mom was in this. Yes. And it wasn't like, I think it's typically the, 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 the shop owner and his wife. It, is. it was like, yep. huh, I forget how they do this. And it's, and he says specifically, ma. So yep. that makes sense. No, it does. Um, but yeah. Um, do you have any, you, we kind of went through four or five. That, yeah. do, you, do you have any I, others? My honorable mention, my honorable mention was Fozzie. Okay. And good. just, I think Fozzie is just one of those that no matter what, and I think we've had this conversation in the past, Fozzie and Gonzo are borderline like the heart and soul of most Muppet things. Yeah. In terms 100%. of how they operate and, and what they mean to the Muppets as a whole. And I think we've had the discussion where we've compared them to, you know, like a, a Donald and a Goofy almost yeah. in a different way. Definitely. We're going to consider Kermit and Miss Piggy to be like the Mickey and Minnie of the Muppets. Uh, Fozzie and Gonzo certainly end up being like a Goofy and a Donald Duck. So certainly again like we just talked about having his having his wife there or having his mother there and then just him having the rubber chicken factory is just so within the character classic there so yep yeah it's a great attention to detail accounting for the character um so my my honorable mentions multiple um were i'll just kind of go through them all uh having the young marley's at the christmas party which yep. I think that's the first time anyone has ever seen Statler and Waldorf as younger, as younger men, mm-hmm. which yep. is fantastic. Yep. Like I'd love to see, it'll never happen, but I'd like to see a Disney plus show of just them as younger men, which would be great. I'm here for it. I'm in, I'm in, let's do it. Statler and Waldorf Chronicles. In yes. um, I forget where it was. I think in the, at the skating party, there was the snowman from Muppet family Christmas. That uh, which is right. great. I think it that was during the, right. the skating party. Um, and then just something I added just at the beginning here, as we were talking about Muppets being actors and whatnot, mm-hmm. the fact that everyone was billed Kermit the Frog as mm-hmm. Bob Cratchit, Miss Piggy mm-hmm. as Emily Cratchit, mm-hmm. Fozzie Bear as Fozzie Winkle. Like, mm-hmm. brilliant. Like, it's yeah. not, it's not, um, it's not Frank Oz as Fozzie as Fozzie Winkle. It's correct. Fozzie, like it, this again, adding to the real reality and the humanity of these characters. They are real people playing real roles in a movie. Oh, you absolutely. could you could see this on Broadway, like Fozzie Bear as Fozzie Winkle in Muppet Christmas. Like you, yeah. I'd pay tickets for that. Um, I certainly would. I mean, I, I wouldn't, of course. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's just fantastic. The, that, att- that little attention to detail. I'm sure the same thing would be, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if that same kind of billing happened in other Muppet movies, I would say probably at least Muppet Treasure Island. Cause that was those really those two that they really went to 11 on this whole, the Muppets playing right. different characters thing. Right, yeah. I mean, it definitely didn't happen in the first couple of movies. No, because it's just them playing themselves. The frog, so it yeah. would have just been 
Frank Oz as Kermit the Frog or, or whoever it was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure. But, yeah, Muppet Treasure Island, it may as well. I, I don't know what the, how they build them in The Wizard of Oz. I'm, I'm not positive on I'm how not they sure. build them there. <clears throat> no, they build Ashanti as Dorothy. That was yeah. the extent of my knowing who was billed as what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here we come to the more negative side. But again, we are very nitpicky because this is a fantastic movie. So yeah. don't at me on our on our not unfavorites because these Please, are very by all means at me all day long. I have no problem. I'll answer any email. I have no problem with that because <laughs> I've got a couple of things that might upset some people and I'm okay with it. That's, you know what? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll give out your email at the end of the show so you so everybody can send their email to you. Um once again, you're the guest, so uh, why don't you give me one of your non-favorites? I'm going to start with the heavy hitters here. Okay. The Cratchit family as a whole. I don't love it. Okay. I don't love it. I don't, I don't have an answer for what I would have done differently with it. I'll tell you what I would have done differently. I would have made them, I think it's in Takes Manhattan, that Piggy has like the fantasy of them having green pig babies. That sure. that yeah, I have a lot of problems. First of all, I don't love Bob. I don't love Kermit in that role as Bob Cratchit. I'm really? sure. Yeah, no, don't love it. Don't love it. Hmm. And again, I think, and I don't know what I would do with Kermit otherwise. This is yeah, my problem. That's I don't know. It's it's the role for Kermit, obviously. Yeah. Like and, he wouldn't he wouldn't make sense as Scrooge. Nope. And, and he, I don't. He might. He doesn't have that charisma that Gonzo has to do what Gonzo did. I and think he might else. have been a good. I think he might have done okay. It would have been probably know, a different movie. It would have been a different movie. I think was it wouldn't have been the movie we got. Obviously, yeah. it's just like the. I just don't. And we had the conversation. I think when we talked about our top Muppets, I don't really go crazy for Miss Piggy either. And it's just one yeah. of those things that I just didn't. And again, I have no basis for that. And again, this is the one if you want to at me at. That's fine. I, I just there's a. It's nitpicky. I just didn't love the dynamics of it with, with the Cratchit family as a whole. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Interesting. One of those things. Was this the thing that you were expecting a, a huge argument about? Well, not an argument per se, but I know you're a Kermit guy. I'm a Kermit guy. And to <clears> say he didn't necessarily belong as Bob Cratchit I mean, it's a, was... It's such a minor role for this, show, for this movie. I can see yeah. what you're saying. Like, it's Kermit. He deserves a bigger role. Right. But the only yeah, big role... He's not going to be Scrooge. You're absolutely right. He's, he's not, not going to be Scrooge. Even right. the, the spirits are too minor for not Kermit. Correct. So, I, I really, guess I don't know the only... Yeah. And the Bob Cratchit is the only kind of moral kind... Mm-hmm. It's the only one that really fits him. Maybe this uh, Fizzywig, I think, or what, whatever the real name of the character yeah. is that Fozzie portrayed. Yeah. Maybe yeah. him. But I think it makes more sense in the in context of the the Muppets to have Fozzie and make it a rubber chicken shop. You, like you Correct. wouldn't, I don't know what the shop would have been as right. if Kermit was in that role yep. or if it was just, had just been like a financial firm or whatever. I, again, I'm not super a hundred percent familiar with what the, what goes on in the actual play. Um, yep. But yeah, I, 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 I somewhat agree with you that it's not the best role for Kermit, but it's really the only one. It's like he he both picked the best role for himself, but also like mm-hmm. picked last. Like everybody else right. pick one that you want, and then I'll pick 
what I what you know what's left, and what was left was like the perfect role for him. So you are right though. You actually talked me into him being the Dickens character in telling the story. Because I, I think Gonzo might have worked as Bob Cratchit. Maybe. But I just think you lose something if you take Gonzo out of the role that he had. I think this is the problem. I think Gonzo worked because he, the way he expresses the story, it was such yeah. wonder and amazement. Right. Like Dave Goals gets so much more like, and then he was in a flash, the, the, the right. ghost of Christmas past, or whatever. Right. Um, he, he expresses the story with so much more amazement and, and, and excitement that it works better for Gonzo. Mm-hmm. If you, if it had been Kermit, it almost would have been, um, what am I, uh, the print, the princess bride. He would have been the grandfather telling the story to Fred Savage. That's fair. That is fair. Um, and you might've cut to Robin being like, and then what happens? Well, that's for tomorrow. No, tell me that. Right. Like, it might've been no, more works. like princess bride if it was Kermit versus mm-hmm. Gonzo being immersed in, mm-hmm. in the story and, you know, yep. getting hit off windowsills that wouldn't have worked as well for kermit wouldn't have worked as kermit no that wouldn't have because yeah like i again i can see kermit as dickens but it would have been a different movie i don't know it would have been as good probably wouldn't have been as good it it probably wouldn't have been yeah i think you you need that i think bob cratchit works as that straight laced kind of calm Mm -hmm. sort of uh yeah almost a yes man of kermit yeah yep that's fair that's fair. What about you? Yeah. Uh, let me go back to my notes because my phone. <laughs> uh, I didn't like the Ghost of Christmas Past. Creepy. Creepy. And my but what I say is it wasn't a recognizable character. Correct. I think she she looked a little too CG to me, and I know it was like a green screen or something to that effect. No. Um, so I don't know how necessarily they would have done it differently. But I would have, and I don't know who they would have put in instead. Mm-hmm. Like they, like Janice wouldn't have worked, or um, definitely not Miss Piggy, or no. I don't. I don't know who, especially in the early '90s, they would have put in that role to make it better. Um, yeah, and none of the none of the will... none of the spirits are recognizable characters. Like a half expected Christmas yet to come to be Uncle Deadly, but he, I don't think he was a thing back then. Right. Um, so it again. I don't. It's like the Kermit being Bob Cratchit. I don't know how to fix it, but I didn't right. like it. Yeah. The problem with the Ghost of Christmas Past is it's always meant to be young and old at the same time, mm-hmm. because it's supposed to represent that person's childhood. Mm-hmm. But then it's got to be old enough. To, to kind be, of be wise, yeah, and to be, to be far able back. to go back and explain why they screwed something up in their childhood, and it's always kind of been portrayed as like a spirit type character. It is a tough character to nail down, and I will tell you that of the three, well, if we include Marley, of the four spirits that visit Scrooge, it is usually the most problematic, and it is the most problematic in this film as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, that goes to Christmas Future kind of doesn't really do much. It's just in death. This. Right, but I understand the context of why he is the way he is in yeah. that, and that's 
usually the way he's portrayed as well. So, when I th- when I think of the yeah. Ghost of Christmas future, I think of Mickey's Christmas Carol, and I think it's mm-hmm. Pete. Like, yeah, no, that's fair. That that sticks more in my head than really any other version of the Ghost of Christmas or yeah. Ghost Ghost of Christmas future. Um, yeah. yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. It's a, the, the ghosts are tough, except for Christmas present. Except for except for present is they're, they're tough. Pre- present's pretty easy for the most part. Um, you right. know, it, it's you just give Father them a Christmas type. Father thing. Christmas, just, you give them a you give it to a a uh, kind of dim but jolly mm-hmm. character. Yep. Like in Mickey's, it works because it's the it's the giant. Uh, in yeah, Muppet, yep. in what? It, wait, he has a name. Yeah, Willie the Giant. Oh, I did not know he had a name. I'm sure. I mean, not in I imagine that's in that's in Mickey's. No, yeah, I name. figured that. Not yeah. in Muppets. I, yep. I figured you meant in Mickey's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was mine. That it was just, it didn't quite work. It didn't quite hit for me. But I also don't know how to fix it. It's like your Bob Cratchit one. We have some problems here that we can't fix. This isn't good. No. I mean, if I don't if I don't call Brian Henson, well, I guess it's not Brian Henson anymore. If I don't call Brian Henson in the morning and say, you know, this this was wrong, you're gonna have to make a 2020 reboot in yeah. six days, yeah. and uh, and have these notes uh, uh, address these notes, and then what's the point? And he can just send it directly to us. He doesn't have to release. No, he doesn't have to release it. it. No, of course not. No. Just tell us what he would have done differently to fix these problems that we came up with. He also, uh, if if any of his newer movies have, have taught me anything, it'd be much more adult. Yeah, probably. Probably more intense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was another non-favorite of yours, Bob? So I got a real problem with a lot of the, the, the past, the Christmas past scene. Mm, okay. And I have a lot of problem specifically with the scene on the bridge after the party. Where I have the exact same in, one. In the scene, you know, Belle tells him, you know, I, no, Scrooge tells Belle, you know, I love you. And she says, you did once. And instead of getting perhaps the most moving piece of music in the film, Love is Gone, we cut to Rizzo and Gonzo hysterical on a bench. And it's a three and a half minute song. The movie only runs 90 minutes. You could have easily fit this in. They cut it because they thought the pacing of the film suffered with this song in it. And it's on the soundtrack, I believe. And and it was actually on the DVD release that was Kermit's 50th anniversary. Mm. They came with a full screen and a widescreen version. And it was on the full screen, not the widescreen. I think it might have been whichever. It was on one of the two. It wasn't on both because they never edited it out. They never edited it to the film to be released. Hmm. It, it's such a weird scene because it's such an, you go from having the conversation that business continues to be poor at the chicken factory and Gonzo and Rizzo were there with Scrooge as an old man, as Michael Caine. It, it just, that scene lacks so much emotional punch and to just cut that song out of it you hear the orchestra, the, the score of it, which you don't understand what's going on. And then it's boom, Rizzo is hysterical sitting on the bench. And it's like, why is he hysterical? All she did was, all she said was, you loved me once. 
and then she walked away. There's no reason that anybody in that scene should be as upset as they are. Yeah. Without that song that, being played. That sounds like a lover's spat, not they broke up or they're never going to yep. see each other again. Yeah, right. I, I had the exact non-favorite. Um, not so much for the ch- like the the tone problems that mm-hmm. you did. More, yep. so, more so that I'm pretty sure they changed their reasoning for breaking up. Um, I just, I read Mickey's Christmas Carol, not to, uh, to mm-hmm. keep going back to them. And mm-hmm. in that version, I believe he like kicks his girl, kicks Belle out of her house for not paying her rent. Um, yeah, which is much more read. dramatic. And he's, it's, right. it get it gets the obsession with money more across better. Like, mm-hmm. In he in this one, it's like he's always loved it since he was a boy. Since he went to school, he got his love of money from there and from Sam. In here, he just kind of in, in in Mickey's. They didn't really say too much about him learning stuff at school. It was more so he later became obsessed with money and to the point that like it ruined his life. It ruined his relationship, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I like. A little bit better in terms of a story this just kind of uh fell flat mm-hmm. uh, in terms of i get yes tone but like it just didn't quite work for scrooge right for me well so i'll tell you and are you familiar with the song do you listen to the soundtrack are you familiar with the song no. at all really no so martina mcbride does a really nice version at the end of the film at the end credits okay and it's a very it's a very storyteller ish song, mm-hmm. um, you know. Th- there was a time when I was sure that you and I were truly one, you know, that our future was forever and could never come undone. It just gives context from Belle's side of the story, okay. And that she's underrepresented in this film in a lot okay. of ways. So the fact you know, that the fact that they got rid of this song just gets rid of that kind of wrecks the it scene gets, it gets rid of her entire side of the conversation mm. for weaving and it, it's 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 quite a change if you if you know the film with the song in it to see it without it it's a it's an entirely different movie from a context standpoint from bell's point of view and that's it's I, she's an important character to scrooge in almost every other version of Christmas Carol, except yeah. for this one. In this, she's very, very minor in this film. Interesting. She eats her at the party. Then they're standing at the random creek. In, then they're broken up. And it's like, well, where the hell did she come from? And it's yeah. like, what are we doing here? That is, that is very interesting. I didn't know that so much about this. No. Uh, probably because I've only watched the theatrical version, so I didn't see right. that song. So I've never really known about that song. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, yeah. no, it's, this it's, is why here every time. This is why I like uh, having guests on that know some somewhat more than I do. You know, I learn I learn stuff. That's why we're here, you know. Yeah, we're here to help the people. Help the people. Except for the people in New Jersey, they that, can whatever. They can they can <laughs> they can get out of here. Um. So, uh, did you have any other non favorites? So, just I think closing thoughts or anything. Back, yeah, so this goes back to my concern with the Jim Carrey one mm-hmm. being a little bit darker in tone at certain points. So I understand the need 
to keep this fairly family related. So I understand that in yeah. the film. But there's a particular scene involving the ghost of Christmas present uh-huh. where he opens up his robe and there's two malnourished, very intensely scary-ish children under his robe and their you know, need and want or gluttony. They represent two of mankind's greatest sins. And again, it goes back to kind of what you were saying about <clears throat> Scrooge and his arc and a lot of these other versions of Christmas Carol significantly greater with his obsession with money in various in the other obviously we get that here but it's just kind of the some of the context of the story is lost and I understand yeah. with a lot of Christmas Carol some of it does get pretty dark I, I get that the Jim Carrey one is dark the George C. Scott one that I want to say came out in either late the late 40s or early 50s was the same way it's very good story very dark in that moment and it just adds a certain amount of redeemability for scrooge because he sees that and it kind of is the first time that he really i think feels the gravity of his choices Mm. he does to a point but that scene in particular and a lot of the in that context from the original Christmas Carol itself that Dickens wrote really adds to his feeling of the gravity of, yeah, he's really done some bad things. We get that in this movie, but it does add a certain, when he is redeemed, you feel a little bit better about it mm-hmm. at the end of a Christmas Carol. But yeah, oh, that's it. Very minor gripes with this film. though. Very yeah. minor. I feel that he might, I, I don't know if this is necessarily in the other versions, but I feel like that somewhat got across with the whole if they should die then they then they'll die and decrease the surplus population right that might right. to a certain extent i feel like that whole exchange especially when mm-hmm. the ghost of christmas present brought it back and threw it back at him that right. might have given some kind of and that's, context and that's towards the it michael You're yeah right. that's the trade-off there absolutely yep um but yeah i can see what you're saying like a story like this needs a little bit of darkness to get the the point across and the the story across. And if you're you're trying to shoot to the kids, you know you got to have some oh, give yeah. and some take, and it mm-hmm. might not quite hit certain points. Might not hit as hard, mm-hmm. but you know this is still a great movie, and it, it oh yeah, ninety percent of that story hits. Yeah, if not ninety nine percent of that story hits. I was stretching on my dislikes. There's not uh, much I yeah. dislike about this film, to be honest with you. Yeah, this. the fact that, oh, I didn't recognize the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, right. First right. world problems. Yeah. Again, because I'm not solving the Kermit problem. I just no. thought it was kind of one of those that it's like, eh, you know, I could have, whatever. But yeah. You know, yeah, totally. Right. Yep. So I, you know, I think we covered this movie fairly thoroughly. Um, mm-hmm. What I want to do next is highlight uh, you, Mr. Bub, in a segment we call Muppet Labs. We're Marley and Marley, avarice and greed. We took advantage of the poor, just ignored the needy. We specialized in causing pain, spreading fear and doubt. And if you could not 
pay the rent. We simply threw you out. <laughs> and normally Muppet Labs is for fixing the Muppets. Uh, what we what we think could be done better. But you know, when I have a guest, I want to talk about them. I want them to plug. I want them to I wanna I wanna network. Uh, some razzle dazzle, some mm-hmm. some bumping of elbows. Uh, so, Bub, tell me about you. Tell me about your Muppet fandom. When did you start? What was the uh, you know, what was the first thing you remember from the Muppets? And Muppet Babies. Yeah, first Muppet Babies. The original Muppet Babies. For whatever reason, sticks out to me. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that I grew up. You know grew up per se i was born in 1984 so for me i in the late 80s early 90s muppet babies muppet christmas carol um and then you know having two older brothers obviously um great muppet caper muppets take manhattan stuff like that we're always we're always playing so i've always kind of uh been a muppet guy um in terms of fixing the muppets and i would like to go full board let's let's do it i think you need to treat them respectfully, but you can't treat them like museum artifacts and you can't, and I think that's, I know you've done a lot on Muppets now on your show. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that show for all of its warts, as it were, is a step in the right direction. It allows them to be who they are. It treats them as people. I mean, the, the people, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I don't know that I was a fan necessarily of a lot of the segments they did, but I think having the Swedish chef do his random bits with other celebrity chefs is a cool concept. Was it pulled off correctly? I, probably not. I, I think overall it wasn't, but yeah. I think you've got to start somewhere. And I think that's a good start. Yeah, I, I agree that Muppets now, it was far from perfect. But it was de- you're right. It was definitely a step in the right direction. I think some of the best ones were Mup Close and Personal. That was a great segment. The Okie Doka Cooking was it was it was it was down a lot more than up, but I thought it was pretty good. But the concept um, is there. The concept like was the great. Concept, and I think that's if they had just gotten start- rid of that stupid turkey, and <laughs> maybe like actually put more of an effort to. If they're going to call it the Okie Dokie Cookie Cooking It Challenge, mm-hmm. put more of a challenge in there. Add an add some judges, like yeah, maybe like or something to that effect. Um, Muppet Labs was pretty good for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked how educational they were getting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Miss Piggy part, well, no, yeah, but it's whatever. The, the less about less we say about that, the better. Um, how about like Pepe hosting the game show? Pepe was great. Making up the rules as he goes. That was totally Fantastic. in the character. That yep. was, it was just zany enough for the Muppets. It was perfect. You're right. That was one of the best segments. Yep. Um, so certainly steps in the right direction. Definitely. Listen, are we going to get another season of that? Are we going to get anything from the Muppets? Uh, I would think if we do, it's going to be heavily retooled. Oh, easily. Like it, and it'll I, they, be, it'll be almost just a different show. They might as well say it's yep. a different show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't disagree with that. And hopefully the next time we see the Muppets in any show or movie, mm-hmm. it'll be post-pandemic. They don't have to date themselves with their backstage segments. 
and yeah like oh that was that was one of the worst parts for me mm-hmm. at least the fact that yep. they were doing everything through zoom or what was it called right. rainbow connector um Which, hey well nicely named yeah nicely I, named. I i dug the fact that they were trying to you know non-denominationally have all these apps and stuff like that right but at the same point at the same time you know they they did ads for facebook portal or whatever it's called why not just use yep. that like yeah. have some have some corporate synergy yeah uh, but that's me um Anyway, so tell me a bit more about yourself. I know you have a, a podcast. We, yeah, um, we do. Tell me about the podcast. Oh, man, the podcast. Uh, it's the bane of my existence, Michael. You can appreciate that. Uh, we actually, it's crazy. It's the Disney guys uncensored, and we get a little rowdy sometimes. Uh, we started, oh, boy, uh, 92 weeks ago or so. I think we've recorded episode 93 uh, this last week. So we've done it every week. Um, it's it's me and i don't know if you guys know drew if you're familiar with the show drew is on there and then i know michael you were on with uh, myself and tim and we we did a muppets content we really just cover anything disney um you can find us pretty much anywhere we're on pretty much every service we do ours through anchor i think you do as well so they kind of distribute it to itunes and 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 um you know uh that, that green spotify we're on spotify i guess we're yeah. on uh google know, yeah cast google, box. whatever the hell google yeah cast all those places wherever you can find a podcast you can find yeah yours, we, have, we have a youtube where one of the hosts posts the audio with the with the with the graphic on it so not to say we have a team but we got four people working on it so we kind of all do our own thing with it and it's it's a lot of fun it's it's a lot of work i'll say that it's uh but it's fun it's fun work and we have a lot of fun doing it uh we've covered marvel we've covered some star wars uh certainly we've covered the muppets once once so far the muppets one was a while in the making we couldn't figure out what we were going to do with the muppets because it's such <clears> an <throat> odd property for disney yeah. that the park stuff is very limited the movies are all fairly old. So what, what are you really going to tell new about? Yeah. Movies, movies, movies and TV show wise. It's it, it. There's not a lot you can do. That's Disney. Maybe TV right. shows you could do more so, but yeah. Um, TV shows people care about. Not so really. Um, right. And then, uh, you know, you could talk about the history of the Muppets, but again, a lot of that is, is Jim Henson and not Disney. And then right. you, th- then you're just getting into like, the nuts and bolts of the deal of them bought of disney buying it correct and that's and no one wants to listen to it and it didn't fall apart right there's there's a lot so we decided to do the characters and that was yeah, that was a few weeks ago it was maybe about a yeah. month and a half ago or so Something I think. Like that. sometime beginning in november i think it was i believe it was yeah and and we had some fun with that i, I think we oh uh, yeah so, so i mean we had some we had some picks we had some we fun had some picks we did uh, it was but it was again it, we have a lot of fun on that show it, it's a good time and and you know it allowed us to do this and i think it's you've been on our show and and we've been on yours now and i think it just kind of like you said it builds a sense of community when you have mm-hmm. other podcasts and it's kind of synergistic actually because you're a muppet podcast and we've only done one muppet episode so you're kind of like a, you know an extension of us a little bit there not extension of us but it, it works because you know i will muppet accept the, i will accept the, i will accept the position of fifth muppet um fifth you, disney yeah. guy 
there you go see so that's there we go you know and that's kind of what it is you know i mean you cover the muppets we don't usually cover the muppets that often and if you ever have enough each other out if you ever have muppet stuff to talk about i am more than welcome to come on you're the guy you're the guy um expert for for reference the episode that i'm on is episode 86 meet the muppets so yes. if you are ever, if you want to check that out for the sake of listening to more of me, I don't know <laughs> if you want that, any of you, uh, but if you do, you can go over to that episode and not listen to any other episodes. I or agree. You, no, or was, or yeah. you can't, or you can if you really like the sound of the three guys talking, and then you also have to deal with two other weirdos. Yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> Drew. Especially yeah. Drew. Drew. Drew, God bless him. He's oh, geez, he's fun. He's fun to say the least. But, <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming on here, Bob. Yeah. I really well, appreciate it. Me. We this is again about a month and a half in the making, mm-hmm. um, and I I really appreciate this. We hopefully we can we can have you on. We hopefully I can have you on. Uh, another time, talk about yeah. uh, another movie or another an, an, another Wizard episode. Of Oz. I just anytime we can talk about Muppet Wizard of Oz is okay in my book. <laughs> I probably have more dislikes on Wizard of Oz. Than oh jeez, oh jeez. All right, I'll set the <laughs> limit to eight to ten dislikes and one to, and one one to five likes. Yeah, there we go. We can flip the script this time. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. It'll just yep. be another bash fest. My listeners are yeah. used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. They'll love our show then. That's all yeah, they'll love complain. it. So that's great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. all right. So uh, I just like to thank Anchor for hosting this podcast. Uh, th- it would not be on the internet without Anchor and how how easy it is to make a podcast. Mm-hmm. The uh, again, thank you to Bob for coming on. Check out the Disney Guys Uncensored every Monday, Tuesday ish. They yeah, they drop Monday overnight. Yep, Monday overnight. So Monday ish to the uh, Tuesday ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and and that's been a podcast. If you want to get a hold of me uh, and tell me how much you like Bob more than me, uh, you can tweet me at Old Frog and Piggy, all one word, capitals where you think they might be. And band, can you just play me out, please? Let's let's get out of here. <laughs>